Hello, I'm Kate Katz, owner and founder of All Hands In, a soft skills development company. And welcome to The Practiced Art of Kicking Ass. Well, hey, hey, kickassers, how are we doing today? Before we get into today's episode, I have a question that I would like you to think about while today's episode is going on. And the question that I have for you is when was the last time you engaged in authentic play? We're gonna be talking about play today, but I also just wanna clarify before we jump in, play is one of these things. It, and in fact, it may be, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if, if there is a more effective tool that exists that can simultaneously connect us back to our authenticity, bring us joy, bring us connection, allow us to feel a sense of belonging, right? Play is one of the most powerful tools that we can pick up at any point in our life, from childhood well into adulthood, we can pick up play at any point in our life and it can radically transform how we see the world, how we see each other, how we see ourselves, and how we move through the world accordingly. Within the last few years and my own education and my own self-development, I really have had to pay homage to the power of play. And it's one of the things that we're going to talk about today in today's episode. So I'm really glad that you're here and thank you for joining me. And let's dig in. So the first question that comes up for me when I'm thinking about play is often why we stop playing as adults. Why play isn't something that's just readily available to us as adults. Why we don't see more playful adults in the world that we're in. And that's really how I draw the conclusion that we're not playing enough because anytime I leave my house for more than five minutes and I have to interact with other people, it becomes really clear that, you know, most adults are under a lot of pressure. It's, it's completely understandable. But adults who take adulting seriously really lack a lot of the things that come out of play. They really lack the joyfulness. I think that when we lack play as adults, it can really impact how we show up. And I think if more adults were given the tools and resources and opportunities to play and picked up those opportunities, our world would look radically different than how it does today. So the first question that I have is, really kind of why do we stop playing as adults? And there are many reasons to this. But a main factor has to do with these notions of conformity as well as unfairness. When we are in imaginative play, right? When we were young, this could be like playing house or playing, you know, any sort of play that involves, let's create a world. Let me be this thing. I'm going to be this thing. You're going to be that thing. When my sister and I were younger and we would be engaged in imaginative play, school was like a really popular one. School was really popular. 
and we would play roles. We would switch roles about who was the teacher and who was the student, right? Um, Star Wars. I grew up in a in a. Um, I had a really great backyard with that was full of woods. So Star Wars, playing Star Wars in the woods was a big thing for me. That was a big imaginative play. There's also, you know, a solo playing. I remember playing with in the kitchen when I was young, having one of those little play kitchens, playing chef. And all of those things, right, whether I was with an individual or whether I was in a group playing imaginative with, with imaginative play, it required me to use literally my imagination. Now, here's the thing when we are engaged in imaginative play. It is so deeply connected to our authenticity. Our imagination is so unique to us. And if we were in groups where we were shamed or teased or we suffered social consequences during these plays, we were less likely to continue. And I think over the course of our lives, it was really hard not to encounter that, right? Like the fact that I continued to play as an adult, the fact that I became a puppeteer and that allowed me the extension of play, to this day, I consider that to be miraculous because I don't know who I would be if I had gone away from that path, if I had dimmed the light on my access to play I really do not know how it would have shaped me and impacted me. And the reason why play is really important is because it has the ability to connect all these really powerful values. It has the ability to spark wonder. It has the ability to spark joy. We see, get fun when we play. We get fun out of playing. And, which is what I probably consider the most important, it is a mechanism for connecting us back to our authenticity. These are all incredibly valuable tools when we're navigating particularly a culture that often feels scary or out of our control or heartbreaking or indifferent or unfeeling. Play really is such an antidote to all of these things. It's a way of picking up a really unique piece of armor. It doesn't dissolve the heartbreak. It doesn't make us immune to the indifference or the shame. But it's a really valuable tool and a really valuable resource that helps us navigate all of that shit. When we step back into play as adults, the first thing that usually happens is all of the judgments, all of the teasing, all of the things that probably pulled us away from play at younger ages, those things immediately surface. And so as adults, when we step back into play, there's often a strong reluctance. There's often a lot of hesitancy. But when we're in spaces, and this is what's critical about play, particularly as adults, when we are in safe spaces that allow us to feel supported and nurtured, when these spaces are created with a sense of equity, we are less likely to get pulled into those distractions and into those insecurities. And we can just enjoy the experiences of play and we can reap the benefits that come from it. So how we play becomes just as critical as if and when we play. And if we want the benefits of it, if we want the joy, if we want the wonder, the fun, the connection with ourselves and our authenticity. Creating safe spaces to play in becomes really critical. 
We have to start learning how to build each other up rather than tearing each other down. So these spaces, these, these arenas where adults can come and play really need to be built on greater inclusion, greater equity, greater compassion, and greater awareness and understanding. When we think about those things, how many spaces in our life can we go to that allow us all of those things? There really aren't that many. At an organizational level, when we put play into collaborative settings, teams tend to experience the same benefits. It's more wonder, more joy, more fun. Play tends to strengthen the connection and the communication and the community on these teams. And think about how that can transform the work environments that these organizations function in. Teams that build connection and community through play tend to communicate, problem solve, and recover from setbacks more effectively. The catch is that all members of the team need to feel safe, supported, and nurtured in order for this to be completely successful. Now, circling into another direction, this is why the work of diversity, equity, and inclusion becomes really critical, right? And it's not just a one, it's not just a one plug solve. There, if we're looking at all of these issues, right? I look at this like a dam. There are all of these cracks and all of these holes in this dam, right? DEI work is one of those plugs. Infusing play into corporate and organizational environments, that's another plug. Doing soft skills development, that's an additional plug, right? So when we're talking about these larger things, I'm not saying that you need to play and then all everything will be solved, but it's one of the really important tools and resources that we are overlooking at our own expense. When we look at our current work environments, kind of have to ask the question, like, how many of our environments are communicative, effectively problem solving, collaborating well together? How many of our spaces feel that way? More often than not, we feel that we are lost in really broken systems that we are in service to that are not serving us. When we're at work, when we're in our jobs, when we're in our careers, when we're doing the things that we have made a conscious decision to do, how many of us are experiencing joy and wonder and having fun? We are entering a new era where we can actually shift how we work and we can shift the culture that we work in. We have never been in a more opportune time to shift how we work and to shift the culture with which we work in. We have more information. We have more data. There have been more studies that have been done on all of this. And they all point in the direction of creating more inclusive and equitable environments where individuals and teams feel safe and supported to have wonder and joy and play at work has positive benefits down the line. Organizations see more loyalty. They see less turnover. They see more productivity from their workforce. And most importantly, they see greater innovation. Profits tend to increase in environments like this. And the return on the investment for organizations that are leaning in this direction tends to be over 100%. We know the data exists to tell us 
that these are the right directions to move in and these are the right things to be bringing into our culture. For organizations who have the foresight and the courage to invest in equity, community, and even play, it's been shown that they benefit by attracting greater talent, but also improving the existing talent that they already have. And for individuals who have the courage to make play a value, the benefits include increased joy, increased wonder, increased fun, increased awareness, and what I consider to be most important, our connections with ourselves gets clearer and we understand our authenticity more and we feel more centered in ourselves. And I think that that counts for a lot, particularly these days. I think what's most important to understand about play and why I get so excited about it and why I devoted an entire episode to it is because number one, we're all capable of play. It doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what your physicality is. It doesn't matter your intellectual, and none of that stuff, right? We are all capable of play. But are we allowing this environment of play to exist? Even if we have, if we all do, we all have the potential for play. But are we allowing this space for ourselves? Because if we're not allowing this space for ourselves, we can't allow it for others, right? How do we, how do we create this space for others if we're not giving this to ourselves? And the answer really is you, you won't do it well. But that becomes really necessary, especially if we want to live in a world that has more equity, that has more inclusion where all of our voices feel heard and we feel a sense of connection with one another and we feel like we actually have some agency in helping to heal this world and taking it in a better direction. One of my favorite resources on this topic is a book by Stuart Brown and Stuart Brown's book is actually called Play and the full title is Play, How It Shapes the Brain, Opens the Imagination, and Invigorates the Soul. The way that Stuart looks at play, and I think that this is important because it helps to kind of clarify, especially for us as adults who may be questioning or wondering, yeah, where did my play go? Why don't I play that often? Here are the properties of play. And when I break these down, it becomes really, at least for me, it became really clear about how loose the definitions are and how beneficial that is. Because you can really turn, you can create play in any moment of your day is what I've learned from this book. Here are the properties of play. It has to have apparent purposelessness, meaning it's just done for its own sake. It's not done with any sort of um, achieved outcome. It's not, play is just there to play. It also is voluntary. We can choose to come to it or not. And once you're involved in play, you can choose to step away from it at any point in time. It has to have an inherent attraction. In other words, it has to be fun and it has to make us feel good. We could be doing the same activity and I could be engaged in play because it's fun and it's making me feel good. But if the person that I'm doing this activity with doesn't feel fun and it's not making them feel good, they're not playing, right? They're, by definition, they're not engaged in play. So I think that that's also something really important to think about when we think about play. Also, play involves a freedom of time. In other words, when you're playing, time feels suspended you're not worried about this the linear passing of time and time feels like it moves at its own pace another incredible benefit to play is the diminished consciousness of self in other words i become when i'm fully engaged in play i drop my judgments i drop my judgments of myself i drop my judgments of other people think about how powerful that is 
particularly in this world, right? I know for myself, self-judgment is something I have had to put an abundant amount of work in. And I have noticed that when I started really making a conscious effort to play as an adult, a lot of that judgment immediately surfaced when I was able to get awareness of it. And as I pushed through and continued to play, that judgment shifted toward love and acceptance. And now when I am engaged in play with others, particularly when I'm doing my workshops, that diminished consciousness of self becomes critical so that we do not have an environment, there's not a judgmental environment when adults are really doing vul the vulnerable work of play. Also, there's this improvisational potential, right? Which means like just being flexible and just being open and things can change and you're just gonna roll with it, you're just gonna go with it. That's also a massive part, particularly in imaginative play, where one minute, especially if you have young children, you know, one minute you can be in the kitchen, the next minute you're on the moon. Right, and just being able to roll with that and the skills that are that you increase just by doing that. Also, the continuation of desire with play. That we wanna continue we wanna keep doing it. It's something that we wanna continue to do. Something for you to think about today as we talk about this episode is that any of us can do this. Any of us can do play at any point in time. And I now view play as a really important act of self-care. Now, this doesn't mean that I build a fort or I go in my backyard or, you know, I mean, all those things are wonderful, right? Making fairy houses, like as an adult, like if you're doing those things, I think you're doing it right. But also the notion of really simple play and really simple pleasures. Like for me, one of my favorite ways to incorporate play in my day is through singing and dancing. No agenda, no ulterior motive, no strictly limited to anything, right? Like just singing and dancing throughout my day. So yes, I'm one of those 40 year old women that like all my fucks have started to fall off. And so I'm one of those women that's walking through Trader Joe's and I'm dancing down the aisle. And sometimes I'm usually singing too. But I also have music on in my home so that I'm more inclined to burst into song or to maybe dance a little. And this is something for you to think about, right? As we talk about how can you become more playful? Look at your current day to day. If you are someone or you're in a household where maybe the news is on all the time or the television is on all the time, what happens? If you replace one hour of television in the morning and at night, so literally two hours a day, with just music, any kind of music, it doesn't have to be a specific kind. Just notice what happens to you when you put music on versus the television, right? And I mean that literally like anything that's on the TV, right? Where you just turn off the visual and you just have music. Take a look at what happens and then let me know. I'm really curious to hear your thoughts about today's episode, Kickassers. So if you've been listening and stuff has been coming up for you, reach out and let me know. Connect with us through the links in our show notes, connect with us through our links in social media, and let me know, let me know your thoughts on this. Because the way that I look at play now is, it's critical. It's critical for my mental health. It's critical for my identity. It's critical for my relationships, not only with myself, but with other people. And when I started to get clarity on this, it shifted a lot for me. And so I'm curious to hear what is coming up for you. All right, kick-assers. So head out into the day, put a little more play into your heart, and let's see what happens. You got this. Now you know.
You've been listening to The Practice Art of Kicking Ass. I'm your host, Kate Katz. Our theme music is Let Me Groove by Music Unlimited. If you're curious to learn more about the soft skills training and education I do with my company, All Hands In, check out our website at allhandsinworkshops.com or connect with our online communities on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Just look for All Hands In. Remember, kicking ass is a practice, not a perfect. You got this, kick-assers. <laughs>